You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, launched on the 16th of June, 2019. Would you like me to cry? Sorry? Well, sometimes I like it if I cry. Is this one of those? Well, I'm... Only sometimes they prefer quiet, dignified anger, so if you want that, just let me know. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to feel exploitative. Oh, I'm using you too. Keeping his name out there, so... Just you let me know what you want. Gosh, you're a real pro. Um, Yeah, tears would be good. Sure. Graham, I connect with honesty too. Coming up in this podcast, all the latest news from Big Finish covering our July 2019 releases. And we go behind the scenes with Torchwood God Among Us Part 3. We bring you the top five listen-to charts of Big Finish releases for March 2019. Uh, there's a 25% off randomly selected Big Finish release for you. And we dramatise you with the first 15 minutes of Torchwood God Among Us Part 3. I'm Benji Clifford, sound warrior of the frozen ether. Mm. And I'm Nick Briggs. I do some stuff. <laughs> I realised when I said the word frozen, I, I said it like John Pertwee because I was doing something weird with my The frozen ether. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm. I'm the sound yes, warrior right. of the frozen ether. Um, uh, we're just a couple of guys from Big Finish, really. Check us out at bigfinish.com. It's full of all great audio drama and audio books. Doctor Who, Star Trek, sci-fi, horror, spies, thrillers, all great stuff. Oh, it's coming up very soon. The latest news of what we'll be releasing next month. That's July. Um, but before that, let us delve into the metaphorical postbag of emails from our lovely listeners. And this one is from one of our very regular listeners, Adam Graham. Dear Nick and Benji, If something like the latest Third Doctor Adventures box set was played in an episode of Doctor Who, wherein a classic 1970s video production was brought to audio in a way that sounded like it had been recorded in the 1970s by the original actors and production team, it would invariably turn out to have been... Either time travellers brought them forward to work on this production and then wiped their memory, or the memories and skills of production style were siphoned off into the future where an AI copy of the team is able to recreate the exact process. Perfectly reasonable. But it's such a way that endangers all of time and space. Given that this isn't an episode of Doctor Who, then I just have to conclude that Big Finish did an amazing job. Whilst Big Finish often evokes earlier eras, most stories feel like hybrids of modern times and the Doctor's original eras. This is particularly true when they have been recasting. However, with the latest Third Doctor Adventures, something unusual happened. I felt like I was listening to something that had been produced in the 1970s. Tim Trelaw started as a fairly good third Doctor, but now his interpretation is perfect, and he has the same chemistry with Katie Manning as John Pertwee did. Multiple times I forgot that I wasn't listening to John Pertwee, and was shocked when I remembered I'd forgotten. John Coleshaw is almost as good as the Brigadier, and then there's the music. It does so much to set the tone, and both the music and sound design are so much of that era. 
Whilst I have very few story nitpicks I won't go into here, my only real complaint uh, with this set is that we didn't get a music suite. Uh, then again, this set feels so authentic than the 70s that there's probably an 8-track release planned that would <laughs> the music suite. If not, maybe you could talk to the man who did the music, I'm pointing to Mr. Briggs now, to see if he has enough bits of music to give us a short suite. Groovily yours, Adam Graham, sent from inside a disco ball. God, must be very dazzling in there, mm, Adam. Uh, just for you, Adam, here's a quick mini-suite of my music from The Third Doctor Adventures, Volume 5. question to ask you Nick actually regarding mm. regarding sort of era specific things it's yes. interesting that Adam mentions about the hybrid because certainly mm. when I've worked on Doctor Who stories with the classic Doctors I've yes. never really known whether to go full on exactly how it was at the time or to go for a sort of hybrid approach I've mm. opted in the past for a hybrid approach when I've done uh, Seventh Doctor things like that i've tried to go for a bit of the original kind of sort of synthy stuff that was going on at that time but also with some slight orchestral sort of flavors mm. in there mm. but i never know whether whether what what people actually like and what people expect of it if you know what i mean 
Well, it's a an interesting question and there are many aspects to the answer uh, with regard to say the seventh doctor adventures as part of our main monthly adventures or main range as it's traditionally being called and for many years that was the only doctor who that we did and so after a while it sort of developed more and more and i think that to keep reproducing the exact feel of the music from the era would have got a bit tiring to the ear, I think. Uh, and so we decided to develop it all with new styles and, you know, more... Open it up uh, a bit. Yeah, yeah, more contemporary styles of incidental music. There's that. Also, I might, in a very biased way, claim that... And it is very biased because a lot of people born at different times will completely disagree with me. I, I think that the stuff from the 70s and particularly the, particularly the Pertwee era is a lot more charming and interesting from a historical point of view than the Sylvester McCoy stuff, which was always sort of rather, you know, brash, polyphonic synthesizer sampler stuff. Um, so, you know, that my personal... So I, when I... My personal... Um, bias is you know when i'm doing the music for uh, a john pertwee story then i'm going to try and go as authentic as possible to dudley simpson or other types of composers around that time and that's what i had an absolute joy doing in the third doctor adventures volume five but i would say that i do disagree with adam even, even though i sympathize greatly with what he's saying it's that box set the the fifth the third doctor adventures volume five is still a hybrid it's still not exactly the same as would have been done in the 70s but i think it i think the music and john colshaw's performance tip it more that way and give that impression but i i do still think that there, there's a lot more emotional sensibility in the story than you would have got back in those days and it's still yeah and i compromised a bit with the music i gave it that dudley simpson flavor but um well, and I'm not just, I'm just not as good a composer as Dudley Simpson, so I couldn't do as good a job, so I had to compromise in certain ways in the way I did it. I just tried to find sort of key elements that give you that sort of Dudley Simpson touchstone where you think, oh, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, but he, he just wrote better tunes than I could write. <laughs> well, and I think as well, though, the, the thing about Dudley Simpson is, as well as the fact that he was obviously working with real or or orchestras, so he's obviously got that... Well, bands, well, small, small bands. Small bands, yeah, quartets, really, quintets. Um, he, he was... All as well as that, he was firing off a lot of music all the time. He was working, you know, it, that was his main thing. Whereas yeah. you're doing so many other things as well. I mean, because you direct the Third Doctor stuff as well, don't you? Obviously, yes, exec yeah. produce everything. So it's there's that level as well of like, you've got so many other things going on as well. That, that is, is oh, and my meagre musical ability. Well, I, I disagree. Me. I disagree <laughs> because I, I think you're creative, uh, especially with some of your synthesizer stuff that you do. Um, things like as well like, I, I'm always going on about it but like the, your work on survivors and stuff you think quite outside the box and I think it's really great to have that ability thank you to be able That's to think nice and go different and go out there but it's an interesting well, conversation I thought I have I'd no open, choice I, <laughs> I, thought, I can't go traditional I don't know how to do it traditionally I'd love to be able to traditionally compose but, um, yeah. but I thought I'd open it up because I, I quite hmm. I thought that's quite an interesting discussion it's, it's nice to discuss things like that and hopefully somebody out there found it vaguely interesting um, <laughs> but anyway <laughs> moving on from this uh, musical chat uh, is now time for the big finish news oh yeah 
Right, now quite a challenge for us here, Benji. Here's okay. a list of what's coming up. The Omega Factor, Festival of Darkness, an audiobook. Uh, the, Ma- the War Master, Rage of the Time Lords. Doctor Who, Memories of a Tyrant. Doctor Who, The Further Adventures of Lucy Miller. A Doctor Who, The Legacy of Time. Oh, a Torchwood. <laughs> Serendipity. I'm just making weird noises now. <laughs> Doctor Who, Short Trips, Battle Scars. And now what Nick and I are going to do is look these up and tell you a little bit about them and play you some clips and trailers. So first up here we've got the Omega Factor Festival of Darkness. So get your typing hat on Nick, we're going to get your typing out. So so I'll read you a little bit about this one just to get you uh, in the mood. Tom Crane is supposed to be taking a break from the paranormal, but a plea from Anne draws him unwillingly back. Something is happening to a group of performers at the Edinburgh Festival. Prematurely talented children working closely with Department 7 and even the usually unflappable Martindale is spooked. Why is Tom so affected by the children's performances? Who stands to benefit from their bewitching talents? And what is the connection with the mysterious Morag who has started haunting Tom's dreams? Ooh. Um, let's go uh, Doctor Who, Memories of a Tyrant in the Doctor Who Monthly Adventures starring Colin Baker and Nicola Bryant. The Doctor takes Perry to the Memory Farm, a space station where hidden memories can be harvested. To their surprise, they find the station in lockdown and all its resources dedicated to probing the memories of an elderly man. Garius Moreau may or may not have been responsible for the deaths of billions of people many years ago, but he simply can't remember. I think this is a fascinating idea. It's written by Roland Moore, and it's an idea I explored in our very first Big Finish adventure, which was The Sirens of Time, which is like when someone is old and frail and forgetful, does it matter or not whether they were a war criminal? just an interesting aside here that the man playing uh, that character is an actor called Joseph Mydell, who was uh, one of my drama teachers at drama oh, wow. school back in the early 80s. And when John Ainsworth, the producer and director of this, asked me about him, I said, oh, he's a fantastic actor. Do get him on board. Anyway, let's have a listen to a clip of that. Hello? Is anyone there? Where am I? We'll be done in a moment, Mr. Moreau. It's hard to believe he could be a monster. And he may not be. That is what the technicians here, led by Cerebro Naris, are trying to ascertain. Altrius got his scientists to develop an apocalypse device, and he used it to wipe out most of the life forms in the Gothrosa cluster. Including everyone on his own planet. He wiped out billions of people in the blink of an eye. And he was never caught. Hello, Doctor. Thank you for coming. Varish says you may be able to help us ascertain Moreau's identity. Well, I'll do my best. This is my assistant, Ofram. Oh, Oh, hello. I'm Perry. Very pleased to meet you. Should I share my current findings, Cerebro Naris? Go ahead. Varish has given the Doctor Vector One clearance. Hello. Uh, Well, we've been assessing him for a while. The patient shows an advanced form of dementia, making any recollection difficult. But today, we showed him the only surviving image of Altrius. Ah, a man on a balcony, I see. But it's so blurry. Surely there's no way of knowing if it's the same person. Quite right, Perry. 
In all our sessions before, we'd got nothing. No reaction in his cortex to the questions. No memories we could capture. Just confusion. Oh, he's probably totally bewildered. Get to the point, Cerebro Ofram. Do you want to have a look at Torchwood Serenity, starring Torchwood's... John Barrowman and Gareth David Lloyd? It certainly can. Hold on. Hold your horses. Well, Torchwood Serenity. Obviously, straight away, when you look at the cover, you see John, John Barrowman wearing a rather fetching Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> Serenity Plaza is the most exclusive gated community in South Wales. You'd kill to live there. Jack and Yanto have gone undercover as a happily married couple. There are rumours that something's wrong at Serenity Plaza and they're determined to investigate. But the problem is that Serenity Plaza is just so rigidly normal. Suddenly, Jack and Yanto have to confront the problems that normal couples face. Sharing a house together, doing the washing up, entering the residence baking contest and hoping to win best kept lawn. Competition is fierce because this is Serenity Plaza and you'd have to kill to live there. Cool, that sounds good fun, doesn't it? What a fun Let's have release. a listen to something from that. Hey, Joe. Hey, Diane. Hey, 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 hey Beautiful day. It is. It's definitely not Bob O'Meary. I'm starting to wonder if there's actually a sleeper here at all. We've been doing this ages now with nothing. Coffee mornings, bake sales, jumble sales is endless. Not to mention the bloody best front lawn of the month award, which seems to be the Bob and Mary win bloody everything award. Hey, there has to be something here. This is where the signals are being sent. Every signal is focused on this estate. But there's no trace of cell 114 technology anywhere. <sighs> Maybe we're just wrong this time. We're not. One of these people is an alien. We're going to figure out who it is and hit them with the sub-etheric resonator. Now, here's something. I mean, you would expect me to say this, but I'm really looking forward to this because I remember quite a long time ago reading, I think it was over Christmas, actually, I was reading the scripts for this. It's The War Master, Rage of the Time Lord, starring Derek Jacobi and Paul McGann. Yeah, with all of space and time in chaos, the master plots his most audacious project yet. Only one other Time Lord has ever been able to stop him. But where is that Time Lord when the universe needs him? This, yeah, fantastic stuff. We've got here uh, Tim Foley, David Llewellyn wow. uh, doing yeah. a great, great job. Um, yeah, really loved these stories. What was the one I liked the most? Oh, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> anyway, let's, uh, let's have a listen. It's you. It's me. Hello. It's you. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. The War Master. Rage of the Time Lords. You've no idea what it's like, have you? To live through war. To watch your home wither and die. When the entire universe is going up in flames, it takes a true genius to make it blaze even brighter. Who are you? I am the Master. And you are about to become a part of something beautiful. I see shards of time swirling through the sky like spitfires. Battles being written and rewritten. Countless victims, never-ending defeats. All war is senseless, but this, this makes no sense. What, what is this war? Stop! And away from it, from all the action, hiding on the edges, I see something you don't want me to see, no. Someone, a man, He's been battered by the storm, but 
he's holding on, and he, he is the only one who can help. Enough! <sighs> Big Finish. We love stories. We almost certainly won't survive this. But what a way to go. Goodbye, old friend. Goodbye, Doctor. What would you like me to touch on next, Nick? Oh, short trips, battle scars? Battle scars can do that for you, sir. Just give me two ticks of a whistle's whistle. <laughs> My computer's making rather unsavoury noises. It's quite concerning. Um, mm. I don't know why. So, Doctor Who short trips, battle scars with the Christopher, Ac Christopher Eccleston on the uh, the cover there. Uh, which, Nick, can you fantastic. give us a fantastic? Fantastic. Oh, great. Uh, nightmarish memories of the Boer War. I love to say, I have to say, the Boer War, because anything with war makes me think of uh, Only Fools and Horses. Uh, crippling deaths and unconscious stranger in the garden. Arthur Daniels is beset with problems. Little does he know that his proposed solution could be the biggest problem of them all. A voyage to America aboard RMS Titanic. Oh no. Well, let's have a clip of me giving it some. When they reached the back door, Connie set the candle down on the hall table and grabbed an electric torch. She flicked it on and exited the house. Her father stopped, wide-eyed. Then, surprise replaced by determination, he strode towards the prone man and bent over to examine him. The stranger's face was singular, with close-cropped hair, angular features and hawkish nose. There was a raw, open wound near his right temple. He wasn't bleeding, but the injury was clearly the cause of his insensibility. We must move him inside, said Arthur. Go and light the lamps so we can take him to the study. Rouse your mother. She must prepare a warm saline solution, clean towel and warm blanket. I'll stay with him for now. When all was ready, they moved the unconscious man onto the settee in the study. Arthur supported him while his wife, Edith, removed the man's jacket. Arthur set the man back onto the settee and took the jacket. As Edith bathed the wound and applied a bandage, Arthur rummaged through the pockets. In answer to the question on Connie's face, he said, I'm looking for identification. He came across an odd metal cylinder, black tip at one end, blue at the other. Putting that aside, he found a small wallet in another pocket and opened it. What is it, Arthur? said Edith. Snapping the wallet closed, Arthur said, It contains only a blank piece of paper. Odd. Well, we've narrowed it down to the two biggest releases of the month. I suppose it should go in this order, really. Uh, next up, Doctor Who, The Further Adventures of Lucy Miller. What a great uh, experience this was, making this. A hugely hot-tipped release as well. Yeah. People absolutely wanting more Lucy Miller, and so brilliant that Big Finish can give you a bit more Sheridan Smith, Paul McGann. Yeah, now this is set after the first series of Lucy Miller adventures, uh, after an adventure called Human Resources. It's been several months since Lucy Miller Blackpool, Paul's mouthiest, landed mm -hmm. up travelling through time and space in the company of the Doctor, the last living person to believe that frock coats are acceptable apparel. 
they've met Daleks on Red Rocket Rising, Cybermen on the planet Lonsis, and alien monsters eating glam rockers at a service station just off the M62. But their greatest adventures are yet to come. It was such a pleasure to go back to working with uh, Alan Barnes on Lucy Miller Stories. He's the script editor on this and also the author of the final story, Island of the Fendal. The other three are The Dalek Trap by me, The Revolution Game by Alice Cavender, who came along to the studio, and The House on the Edge of Chaos by Eddie Robson, who also came along to the studio. So did Alan Barnes. It was a real jolly and it was fantastic to see Sheridan again. Here is a sample of the delights awaiting you. Hello? Testing? Dear Diary, this is me, Lucy Miller, recording me, speaking into something that looks like, um, well, a bit like an old cassette tape. You remember those? Why am I asking? Don't even know who's listening. Come on, keep going! We can make it! The TARDIS isn't far now! This rain actually tastes like strawberries. It isn't rain. What? It isn't rain. Well, I mean, if it isn't rain, well, what is it? Mucus! Keep concentrating, Lucy. Keep concentrating. Okay, okay. I'm concentrating. I'm concentrating. What am I meant to be concentrating about? Anything you like. Ah! No! Run, Jack! Run! <laughs> Pests are breaching the atmospheric bubble. They can't get to us now. Oh, cracky moly. They weren't messing about, were they? Nope. Woohoo! Bada boo! Look to the moon that will shine you the way. Set course of sunrise and sail across the ocean. You will return to your homeland. The Daleks will protect us. It is the darkness! And it will save us all! Oh, it's a desert. Oh, it is. There goes some tumbleweed, see? Are you going to the biggest event of 3025? Heliocorp Retro Roller Derby is the tournament that's got the galaxy in a spin. George? Are you alright? Whoa! Okay! Keep the pressure on that wound. <laughs> it's a blast. You'll be hooked in no time. Taxi! Go, go, go! Scramble! Humans have such a limited definition of life and death. Uh. I'm, I'm soaked. Spartacus. What? Woohoo! This is amazing! I feel like Lois Lane. Yes. Movie nights. Hey? Jump for it! What? Skate over the edge! Do it! Grab hold of the, the, the what do you call them, the, the skips! If I don't make this, I am so gonna haunt you, Doctor! Go to house! Yes, you said. Which way is house? Whoa, what was that? Instability! They want no part of your slave emancipation fantasy! The South Wing extension has just collapsed. Oh, no! Yes, I shall have to work through the night. I'm the Doctor. And my charming young companion is Miss Lucy Miller. And finally... Wow. It's the big one, isn't it? The big one. The big 20 years of Doctor Who, big finish, legacy of time. It's um, an epic six-part adventure celebrating 20 years of Doctor Who at big finish. I think that's more or less what you just said. That's exactly what I just said, yeah. Could I just repeat that? You certainly can. Oh, yeah. It's got a fantastic cast, some of which is still not um, 
revealed. The Six Stories Are Lies in Ruins by James Goss. The Split Infinitive by John Dorney, for which I did the music. Uh, the Sacrifice of Joe Grant by Guy Adams. Relative Time by Matt Fitton. The Avenues of Possibility by Jonathan Morris. Collision Course by Guy Adams. Cool. Here's a little teaser of all that lot. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, The Legacy of Time. I don't believe it. Ah, there you are. What kept you? Cocktails? Ah, this should be interesting. Doctor! Hey, hey Doctor! Who are these strange shouting women? Archaeologists. <laughs> Brilliant. When can we have an adventure? It's already started. Ah! Whoa, Alison, good work! We've had a bit more experience since the last time you met us. We can handle ourselves these days. I can tell! You must have activated his jetpack! It'll take him time to get it under control. I need to link the holes and then pass physically through the breach you arrive through. That sounds too simple. No, it's simple enough. I'll have a couple of men help set up a... Jake, watch out! No, Joe! Get back! No, 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 no! Not many have. I need to get your ship on the same wavelength as mine. Do you mind? I'm Jenny. Did I say that already? Hello, Jenny. I'm the Doctor. What? What is happening out there? Things live in the vortex. Vortisaurs. And no, they're usually much warier. I suggest you call a halt to abandoning ship. The multi-haven and cybermen in Singapore. I'm in the eye of the storm. The time storm. Wish me luck! Good luck! You're not from 1751. You have no right to be here either. Release your prisoner and leave. You think you can threaten us? Oh yes, you're outnumbered. And outgunned. But surely she cannot be the doctor? Listen, the next time you need a favour, ask someone else. I have no idea who you are, and I haven't asked you to do anything. Time travel does my head in. Come on, we haven't got all day. Navigational coordinates reprogrammed. Dimensional stabilizers engaged. Temporal buffers online. We're clear for vortex access. Power levels at maximum. Force fields up. Dematerialize. No. Dematerializing. Big finish. We love stories. There you go. It's a big old one, that, isn't it? Blimey. And I can tell you now that we, all things being equal, at Big Finish Day on the 22nd of June, we will be giving a uh, preview playing <laughs> of the first episode of that in the in Cinema 2 at Quad uh, for you to come along and have a listen to uh, a long time before the release comes out and also to maybe give us your reactions to and and if you consent to it, we'd love to record them to show people if you enjoyed it or not. Probably we'll just show people if you enjoyed it. If you thought it was rubbish, we we probably won't <laughs> show that. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe maybe we we'd, we'll be ridiculous and do that. So that's it for the news. There'll be more next month. Just one thing to bear in mind, as I mentioned, this coming Saturday is Big Finish Day at oh, Quad yeah. in Derby. It's fully booked and tickets are all sold out, but we're really looking forward to seeing those of you who've been lucky enough to get a ticket. See you there! Yes, indeed, do do. And now, of course, we delve behind the scenes with Torchwood God Among Us, part three. I am Alexandria Riley and I play Eng. And of course, you've written episode nine. Yeah. How did that come about? 
Um, yeah, it was just something myself and the lovely Scott, you, chatted about prior. Because I, I, I used to do a lot of writing when I was in university. Um, I took uh, the script writing course on that. And it kind of faded away, obviously, with a lot of the stage and the acting started taking off a bit more. And I kind of left it behind. But I've been really eager to get back into writing recently and yeah this was the perfect opportunity really um especially to write about a world that I'm very familiar with characters I'm really familiar with and uh kind of know their little ways and and yeah it was perfect and the 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 actual story that I did write I just felt it was it was just so perfect for me I think Mm. um with the kind of themes that it not that I've been involved in any massive crisis but just from an emotional point of view um yeah it was great it was really really intense i started to really care about the characters and made myself cry in my own writing to be honest but um yeah it was great it was a great experience hello everybody i'm john barrowman and i play captain jack harkness i'm paul clayton and i play mr sinjin colchester mm-hmm. Hello, my name's Tom Price, and I play director Andrew Davidson. I'm Johnny Green, and I play Tyler. I'm Tracy Ann Oberman, and I play Yvonne Hartman. I think the thing that is most important is it's the the characters that are written, the new characters, and the the characters that come in just for each, uh, you know, um, we'll call it episode. Uh, they're all identifiable, and people who are listening can actually, you know, see or hear something in the characters that they can relate to. And I think that's really important, but it's also, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just passionate about it because I love the stories. I love the ideas. I love, you know, what, uh, the, the writers, you know, the, the, the I say the plethora of writers that we have, the, the team of writers that do this, uh, if you want to call them that they just come up with such great concepts and great ideas. And I think that's really important to keep, to keep it going and to keep it fresh. For me, that's important. If it wasn't fresh and it wasn't good, I wouldn't do it. It's enjoyable. I'd like seeing Andy uh, put in front of new people and seeing how he relates to them. Um, and it's really nice. I love the idea that the Torchwood family is getting ever bigger. I'll be honest, I do often find myself thinking, who is this? What is there? How important are they to Torchwood? Do I, it's that thing of working out, am I... Uh, below them or above them in the pecking order i mean obviously off mic out of the studio i'm above them in the pecking order clearly but because uh, i was in the tv show so obviously there's a seniority there but once we're in the recording studio i have to make sure that andy's in character and uh actually he's always below them on the pecking order um but i think making people reassess characters roles in stories is always really good and um I think that's what we've done with Mr. Colchester in this year. The writers have done a brilliant job in that you just look at him afresh and you look at what a part of the group he is and how vital he is, and particularly the relationship which has really developed now between him and Colin, which is fantastic. Mm. It's a very positive relationship, actually, that. And, you know, a lot of people online respond very strongly to the fact, you know, it is a very positive gay relationship. I think inherently it's down to the fact that when this was set up, the gay relationship was, it wasn't important that it was a gay relationship. It was just important that it was a loving relationship between two older people. Mm. Uh, and that does happen in a, in a world where increasingly um, either people get together later or people who get together in their 20s, like my parents, for example, 
don't really last through to being together in their 40s and 50s. So a couple in their 50s and 60s um, being together have a certain look outlook on the world. And I think that's what uh, we've given to Colin and and Colchester, the Colchester prices. Do you listen back to any episodes? I do. I do listen to them. Um, I'm always in my car, obviously, always travelling somewhere. I, there were so many times I was sat there thinking, oh, no, you should have done it like this. You should have, oh, no, if you'd have just done it like that. And uh, so I've, I've, I've heard that I've kind of, sh- I've grown along the box sets as I've been listening to them. Firstly, I do listen to them back. Uh, in the car, long journeys. I absolutely love it. If I've got to drive up to Yorkshire to see family or down to Devon to see my uh, in-laws. Uh, absolutely love hooking up one or two of these. Sometimes I do two or three on a big, long journey because I love the way that what I do is only part of it. So that, uh, yeah, I've seen the writing and then we add the performances and I don't necessarily hear all the performances. And then what you do and the team do when they put it together it comes back and you think god somewhere somewhere in the middle of that is me stood in a bare room in ealing or or labbrook grove or cardiff but it's not like that it's it's fantastically and as somebody who believes in the power of the imagination and that radio is uh the most exciting drama because it's in your head uh, i absolutely love it to hear them back. I listen to One Rule all the time. I loved that. Also, I listened to The Survivors that you guys sent me and The Tomorrow People and some of these. I think they're great. Yes, I, I listen uh, to some but have ruined them for myself. I downloaded them onto my phone so when I shuffle my music now... So when you're training for your marathon? Yeah, so a, a, a great case in point. I'll be running, I'll be mid-flow, something upbeat will be on. Next song comes on. Been sitting, waiting on the stairs. Oh. So I'm, I'm, especially the first, the first work I ever did on Torchwood. I'm aware of how every scene starts. <laughs> the first like ten seconds of every scene, I could recite word for word. Brilliant. That that is curious because I have a follow up question here, which is: Do you ever make people listen back, Johnny? <laughs> specifically, <laughs> specifically, do you plug your phone into your taxi driver's radio and recreate the opening car chase to your first episode? to your friends well it's funny you should ask James yes I do do that Um, (laughs) you're (laughs) blushing you are actually blushing and if you type God Among Us into the search engine at bigfinish.com you enjoy the high drama first hand meanwhile it's time for Nick and I to put on some silly voices for the top five most listened to charts of Big Finish releases in March 2019 are you di- you're doing a completely different voice this time. I have no you? idea that, what uh, I'm doing. Yeah, well, it's sort of. It's sort of <laughs> well, let's go for it. Hi there, uh, big tastic listeners, all, all of you. Uh, here's our mega audio uh, sonic rundown of uh, what's hot and, and what's even hotter in the uh, 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 big finishes world of audio immersive goodness. Uh, over to you, Nikki. 
Thanks, Bashy. And I think, Mucka, you, you're sounding a little bit like um, Brains from Thunderbirds. <laughs> a couple of bits there. Uh, I don't know what I'm sounding like. Uh, remember, here at Big Finish, we absolutely big-tastically love Mega Audio Sonic Stories. Uh, over the next two podtastic podcasts, we'll be rounding up the runners and riders in our top five chart of most listened to Big Finish Audio Sonic Adventures so far this year. Things are really hotting up right now as we've reached March 2019. Uh, sliding right down the charts from that number one to number five, we have a, a Missy Series One. I'm fabulous at strategy, mathematics, creative role play. In fact, you could say I'm mostly marvelous in every manner. And tell you what, special offer. If I don't like you lot after, no one has to die. You stand for everything a warden's abominate. You are wayward, chaotic, willful. And now, here I stick, exiled to 19th century Earth like some common time urchin. What are you, ladies' maid, governess? Fond of children, are you? Loathe them. I know who you are. You know I know who you are. You're Missy, the artist formerly known as the Master. <laughs> what do you want? Oi, less of that. Be nice. Uh, Missy there's still doing well, Ugh. but clearly the crowd has been knocked off her evil model. Uh, you can still find her, of course, at bigfinish.com if you type Missy into the search-tastic search engine. <laughs> well, straight in at number four, it's Ravenous Series 3. Uh, the latest outing, what voice I'm doing here, uh, for the latest outing for the 8th Doctor, Paul McGann and the gang. <laughs> Am I right in thinking you're friends of the Doctor? The Doctor? You know the Doctor? Do I ever? And you! Oh, must be bliss! Uh, how do you know my name? Oh, who's talking about your name? Isn't it amazing? A world where fairy tales come true. Live and Helen! Just when I thought the day was going badly, it gets worse! Magic mirror on the wall! Who is the sanest of them all? Are you planning something? One thing you should learn, never back me into a corner. I always come out fighting. Another new entry at number three now, with Gallifrey Time War 2 giving us a bit of a numerical conundrum here. <laughs> Go Gallifrey! This is the way the world ends. Soldiers in the streets, a people, an ancient race, frightened for its very existence. Rassilon has corrupted Gallifrey. He is waging war for glorification and not salvation. This is a call to the Time Lords who would move against him. There is no room for sentimentality in times of great conflict. Rassilon is going to destroy a planet at its genesis. This isn't war. This is genocide. Well, crashing in at number two, it's none other than Tom Baker on his wackiest form yet in Doctor Who, uh, the, the short st uh, comic strip uh, adventures, uh, featuring uh, uh, adaptations of the classic Doctor Who weekly strips, uh, the, uh, the Iron Legion and the Star Beast. That started off as Michael Caine, and then... Uh, it was <laughs> Michael Caine, it was crashing in at number two. There was no, a no, sort no, of bad, me... bad Michael Caine. Bad, bad, bad Michael Caine. Bad Michael Caine. <laughs> now, not a lot of people know that. Good evening. The news at nine o'clock on Wednesday, the twentieth of February, nineteen eighty. Ah! Ah! I'm a monster. I'm a monster. Ah! 
Fudge! <laughs> You're a wazzock. That's what you are. Nearly scared us to death. <laughs> M1000CM900LXX1X. That's a... 1979. Date of manufacture, 1979. That's now! Oh, gods, how I love war. Let my Iron Legion march forever, for only through destruction am I alive. Without it, I am a dead sea. Hyperspace jump completed. Planet Sol 3 in sight. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, or perhaps not, who will be crowned number one in this chart for March 2019? Ooh, well, zipping up the chart from four to one is uh, the 8th of March, our fantastic celebration of the uh, International Women's Day featuring the many uh, varied sci-fi among us uh, female uh, characters from the world of Doctor Who. Let's hear it for these great women uh, of worlds beyond. Together on three. One, two, three! <laughs> Romana Dvorat Rilunda. I'm the Gallifreyan delegate. Osgoods. Sorry, but just you try living with someone who's exactly the same as you in every way and see how you get on. Werewolves, my dear. Werewolves? By all accounts. Just an average Thursday, then. Archaeologist, orphan, born 21st June 2540, strong mind, very noisy. Who are you and what is this? That's it for this week, Audio Sonic Pickers. Join us next week for our top five chart of Big Finish Mungus releases in May 2019. Well, I think it's safe to say I did about four different accents <laughs> and uh, regional accents within that. Right, now it's... let's go. Um, <laughs> dearie me, oh dear. Well, it's almost time to tease you with the first 15 minutes of Torchwood, God Among Us, part three. But before that, it is time, of course, of course, for the random voice electron. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because well, I'd almost lost the will to live during that previous section. No, we always what? do. <laughs> what is it? Okay, so, No Man's Land, Doctor Who No Man's Land. No Man's Land, yeah, yes, that's yeah. got Michael Cochrane in it, hasn't it? Yes, it has, it has yes. indeed, yeah. It's written by Martin Day. Um, oh, I wish I could remember its um, original title. Working title of We Are the Dead. Oh, there we are. I thought it was When We Dead Awaken, but there you go. It says that in the uh, backstage stuff, does it? Yeah. Yeah, it says it in the backstage thing. Often uh, worth a look in there. You might find some fun little tidbits to enjoy. So Seventh Doctor, Ace, Hex. Oh, and also it had um, uh, Oliver Meller in it, who I'd met while I was we were shooting Army of Ghosts, all that. And very good actor. It was brilliant to get him in. I later got him in in um, Dalek Empire, The Fearless, Dalek Empire 4. Ah. Yeah. And this was one of the very early ones when I was, you know, first executive producer. And I, um, yes, I, I did change the title, which I, I'm not sure Martin Day likes that much. So sorry about that, Martin. I mean, without have a listen to it. Get a 25% discount off on it, folks, and, and see whether I got it right to change the title. Perhaps I didn't. I wanted a title that sort of evoked World War One a bit more. That was my idea. Anyway, what do I know? Literally nothing. All you have to do to get 25% off this release is go to bigfinish.com, find the podcast range or 
click the podcast in the top slider and you'll find the option to press here it's the word here actually to get the randomoid selectatron offer all you have to do is enter the top secret code back up all one word all capitals no space no complications and on that bombshell it's now time to say farewell to all of you this week ta-da Teddy bye And whilst we're gone now, why not tingle your little ear thingies with this uh, 15 minute drama tease of uh, Torchwood God Among Us Part 3? And just a warning that this episode of Torchwood contains adult material and language right from the start. (sighs) I slept in my car again. God, I look like shit. He'd be so ashamed if he could see me. Yeah, I can't do anything with my hair these days. Oh, morning, Bethan. <sighs> Bought you a coffee. Oh, th- thanks, Colin. He shouldn't have. You've so much else to do in the camp. The showers aren't working. There's a rat in one of the tents, and those blankets the DRC promised us haven't turned up. Haven't turned up. Well, things don't. Not anymore. No. Please, one at a time, please. Look, there should be plenty to go around, and if you just form a queue, we can sort this out. That's Colin. He runs the Ritz Towers camp. After the flood, several buildings set up camps. Colin, we're running low. Try and eke it out, Tyler. Do your best. I'll, I'll go open some more beans. When, when the flood hit. Places like Rich Tower offered people a bit of shelter in their lobbies, just for a few hours. Then more and more people came, running, screaming from the bay. And they stayed, filling the lobbies, spilling out into the car parks. Now there are camps like this all over the city. Excuse me, out of my way! (laughs) Needless to say, not popular with some of the residents. But what can you do when a city's half drowned? Hundreds are homeless, and dozens are still missing. They keep lists here. Lists of the missing. That's why I came here. Soon as I heard, I got in my car and I drove, all the way from Chorley, to find Anthony. To find my son. And can I just go over that again? When asked, who told you the flood was coming? You told us, I don't recall. A lot of people wanted to know why it happened. Why a city gets nearly wiped out by a flood. Why the emergency services response was so bad. Why no one saw it coming. (laughs) They set up an inquiry. 
Well, normally these things take months, but there's still fallen trees, washed up cars on the streets, and, well, and worse. Yet, there's already an inquiry. For all the good it does. And just to reiterate, when asked, who ordered you to raise the flood defences, you say you can't remember. Thing is, there's no point to it. And again, when I asked you what time you received the order to evacuate the bay, you told me, you're sorry, you can't remember. I come every day. And every day we're told the same thing. No one can remember. Biggest disaster in this city's memory. And no one can remember what happened. No one knows what happened to my son. So we walk every night. The families of those who got washed away. We walk through the city silently. Fuck a minute, silence. Fuck standing around being a bit sad for a minute while you're working out what to buy for tea later. Fuck that minute. We give it a whole hour of silence every night. We walk through the city, the families, to tell the city that we, we haven't forgotten. I've got to know what happened to him. I'll keep looking and I will keep asking. I'll do whatever it takes. Bethan, isn't it? I'm Graham. I'll be doing your pre-interview for the show. Right. Right, first question's the most important. Okay. Posh coffee? Sorry? Did you want a posh coffee from downstairs? No, I'm fine. Is it okay if I leave my phone on charge here? Absolutely. Now then, Faye loves details, so just to get it right, your son Andrew was in one of the... Anthony. Huh? His name's Anthony. Oh, Oh, my mistake. His name was Anthony, got you. He was in the block of student flats down the bay, which got washed away. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Lovely. Great. Ah, um, now, next thing. So it's been two months and you're upset at the progress of the emergency operation? Well, yeah. Well, you see, we've not been told anything. There's nothing being done for us and... Uh, yeah, only we're going to have to soft pedal on that. We tried to get someone from the Disaster Recovery Committee on for balance, but they passed. So as I said, piano on that, forte on the suffering, emotion. Our viewers really connect with honesty. Would you like me to cry? Sorry? Well, sometimes I like it if I cry. Is this one of those? Well... Only sometimes. They prefer quiet, dignified anger. So if you want that, just let me know. Well, I mean, (laughs) I don't want to feel exploitative. Oh, I'm using you too. Keeping his name out there. So just you let me know what you want. Gosh, you're a real pro. Um, Yeah, tears would be good. Sure. Graham. I connect with honesty too. (laughs) Oh shit. The lines have changed. Oh shit. Okay! Okay! I'm going! I'm going! Sorry, I've not got anything down for you. I phoned. I made an appointment. Beth Ann Foster. Right. 
to see the head of the Disaster Recovery Committee, Andrew Davidson. Mm, I've not got anything down here, I'm afraid. What? But I made an appointment. No. I can make you a new appointment, but we're very busy. I'm the mother of one of the washed away. I'm very sorry. It's just that he's not seeing anyone at the moment. Why not? He just isn't for the time being. Well, that's helpful. Can I book a new appointment with you now? We're advising all inquiries or appointments to be booked via phone. But I've tried that many times. It's just an automated system. Well, things are extremely busy at the moment. What? Dealing with a disaster that you're doing nothing about? The DRC are working round the clock for the people of this city. But you were, of course, entitled to your opinion. Where's my son? What happened to my son? That's all I want to know. Please, just go home. Book an appointment. It isn't home! Colin, there's some woman bending my ear about medication for her dad. Says she's asked several times. Colin! Oh, no, no, no. Bethan, you okay? Oh, Tyler, yeah. Look, I left my phone on charge and someone's unplugged it and put theirs in. Sure. I know where there are some spare plugs. Follow me. Oh, you're a lifesaver. Oh, Colin! The medic, I heard you. She's making her way round as fast as she can. Have the DRC sent anyone yet? No, it's still Dr Melton. She comes over once her GP surgery closes. I have another charity delivery of clothes to sort through. I'm helping Bethan find a phone charger. Then I'll be over. Oh, hey, Bethan. Hey, Colin. Come up for dinner later. Only lentils. Colchester's cooking once he gets back from saving the world. You should join us too, Tyler. I've, um, I've got to sort out Beth's phone. Right, sure. Come on. You're a good boy. (laughs) Am I? Plug's over there. Hidden behind that sofa. It should be okay. No one's sleeping on it at the moment. These people. They've got nothing. And you're doing all you can to help them. You're so kind. I'd like to think that Anthony, he'd be like you in this. He'd probably be better than me. Will my phone be okay here? I've just got to keep it charged. Yeah, yeah. No one looks behind the sofa. Want to give me a hand sorting through these clothes? Yeah, sure. They're all sent in by the public? Yeah. Not like you'd see anyone from the DRC around here. What are that lot for? Yeah. Now, going through your witness statement, I draw the inquiry's attention to several redactions. We appreciate that you can't say what the redacted words are. Yes. Uh, Sorry. Not at all. But can you give us some idea of the nature of the redacted organisation? I'm afraid I cannot. But they seem to have given you orders. At 7.02pm, telling you the flood was coming and that you needed to clear the bay. I'm sorry, um, I, I can't recall that. You can't? Is an order to evacuate the section of the city normal? Uh, no. I can remember everything I did. But I just can't... The actual order... I'm afraid I... I can't remember receiving it. You can't remember? I come every day to the inquiry. It's supposed to give us a full account of the events leading up to the flood and the handling of it. And yet, all we're hearing is... I don't... recollect. (sighs) Still, no one can remember anything. 
I still go to the hospitals. Maybe he has amnesia. Maybe he's been lying in a bed all this time. Perhaps in a coma or just wondering who he is. If he has a family. Well, he's got me. I keep asking. Sorry, love. No news. So many camps. I check them all, just in case. I used to manage it every day, but there are so many now, spreading out across the city. Cardiff's pretty much cut off. You'd think people would just leave. But they stay in the camps, hoping for news of loved ones, hoping for things to get better. There's so many camps, but I visit them all. I'm still hoping to catch a glimpse of a familiar. Anthony? Anthony! Is it you? You look... Oh, oh my God! I knew! I knew you couldn't be... Oh, it's okay. Oh, my boy! My baby! Anthony, oh, my God! Thank God! I thought I'd lost you. Oh, I could kill you! I've been so worried you were dead. Let me look at you. Are you okay? Where have you been? I've been so worried. This is interesting. You seem very upset. And yet pleased. And angry. So many emotions. Everything's going to be okay now. I've found you. I've found you. Where did you go? What happened? Are you hurt? I am Anthony. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Fascinating. I wasn't a minute ago. What? What do you mean? I'm your mum. This is new. It's it's fully charged, see? And I'm ringing your Uncle Eric and I'm telling him. Oh. That bastard. You know what he's like. He told me I was mental, that we just needed to have a funeral. And here, here you are. Please, do not phone bastard Uncle Eric. Look, my tent is over there. I have something to tell you. Oh. This is nice. You've kept it tidy. It's not like you. Have you really been here all these weeks? I do not know. That is not important. Your pain is... Sorry. Anthony... What's going on? You crave your son. I feel that. But you crave the truth more, and the truth is... I am not Anthony. What? <laughs> Don't be daft. Um, this is... It's just concussion, that's all. You've been hurt. In the flood, remember? I'm sorry, no. Let me show you. What? Anthony, what's happened to you? I am truly sorry. I am not your son. Then... What, what are you? I don't know. Not yet. I just know that I am needed. What's happened to Anthony? Where did he go? You what? are in shock and have so many questions. I do. I bloody do. I do not yet have the answers, Mum. What did you just call me? Your name is Mum. 
People like to be called by their names. I have learned that. It pleases them. I like to please people, Mum. Stop calling me that! You've been listening to a Big Finish yes. production. Don't mm. forget to rate, review, mm. and subscribe. That's a, yeah, what a man. good idea. Why not? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.